Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C N on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1234 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you from Detroit, Edmonton, and the Red Wings. The Red Wings 0 7 and 1 in their last eight. And the Oilers just 1 2 and 1 in their last four since these two teams last met. I want to tell you, uh, Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. And Tuesday, November 5th at Roos Chris, uh, they will have a Cure Cancer Foundation dinner. It's $125 per person, of which 40% goes back to charity to register, visit, event bright so there uh you have it and let's see if i've been able to finagle my way around this i think i have uh we bring in mark specter stoffer inspector again for horse racing alberta this saturday at Central mile the top two and three-year-olds in the province of alberta battle uh for over three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in purse money. It's the Alberta Super Finals night. A little bit of a drop there. My apologies. Post time at 7.15 p.m. at the Century Mile Racetrack out in Nisku. Hello, Mr. Spectre. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good, Bobby. Just enjoying, uh, uh, enjoying Detroit. Detroit's walking around downtown today. It's a lot nicer town than it used to be. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I don't know if people are aware of this, but they, Mark, they used to have 1.8 million people in uh, greater Detroit. They're now around 700,000. So, right? obviously, uh, this, this, this is a city that uh, has felt the, uh, the effects of, uh, what do they call that, uh, a, a drop in urban density? Yeah, no, for sure. And and you know what? Urban decay and everything. Like Detroit, when I started coming here in the 90s, man, early 90s, it wasn't pretty down here. Uh, but they've done a great job. They've cleaned up the downtown. They've, they've opened up, much like Edmonton, just, they've put the arena down here along with the baseball and football stadium. You walk around, you feel much safer than you used to walk. There's lots of good places to eat and drink and shop. I'm quite impressed, actually. But uh, having said that, let's talk hockey. Well, uh, having said that, uh, yeah, they had a great team that made the playoffs, what was it, 25 years in a row, won four Stanley Cups. They're 0-7-1, and and let's face it, Mark, they're in a rebuild, and we know about that at Edmonton, and sometimes there's tough miles when that occurs. Yeah, they're in the midst of that. They're, you know, when I, it's funny, because when I sat in the dressing room today talking to a couple of Detroit guys, reporters who've been around for a long time, they have over each stall in the Detroit Jets room a picture of a former great Detroit player. And as we all looked up at the stalls with Chelios and Lindstrom, Thomas Holmstrom and, you know, Stevie Eisenman and all those, Chris Draper and all the good players and great interviews, 
And then we all looked down into some kid sitting in that stall that half the time I got to look at the name over his locker to know who he is. Uh, they're going through what we went through in the 90s, right? We replaced all the Neckies and Currys and Andersons and Gretzkys with the Sean Podines of the world. And uh, it wasn't quite the same in Edmonton in 92-93, and it certainly isn't the same in Detroit this year, Bob. It's not the same quality of hockey, not the same quality of veteran, and they're going through it. Well, there's a philosophical approach with what Detroit's doing that's very similar now that Ken Holland's come from Detroit to Edmonton. And just to accentuate this point, uh, Michael Rasmussen, who was the ninth overall pick in 2017, currently playing down in Grand Rapids. Joe Valeno, a real late first-round pick uh, in 2018 in Grand Rapids. Not exactly lightening up, nor is Philippe Zadina who was the sixth overall pick in 2019. Cider came over. He's European, so, I mean, it's not like he goes back to junior if he's, you know, playing in the major junior. But uh, German kid, he's down there as well. Uh, they they had Svechnikov start of the year, a 2015 pick uh, that was dealing with a difficult off-season surgery, in-season surgery last year that limited his play. So they have five number one picks not with their current uh, NHL team. Now, I'm going to tell you, Mark, in my opinion, um, Maybe Rasmussen might have the highest swell. Some would suggest Zadina's got the highest ceiling, but I don't know. Based on what I've seen out of I didn't even like Zadina in his draft year. So, anyways, five number one picks for Detroit. Oilers got four number one picks currently not in the NHL. Broberg, Bouchard, Yamamoto, and Pugliarvi. Pugliarvi by his own, uh, you know, that, that's, that was his decision as, as to why he's not here. He'd be in the NHL if he had uh, committed to, to earning a spot in Edmonton. But the, the, the two organizations do share a bit of the same philosophical approach uh, when it comes to uh, bringing prospects along. Now that Holland's coming over from Detroit. Oh, for sure. No, no question. The, 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 I had a long talk with Dan Cleary at Skate this morning, and he's a developmental guy. Him and Sean Horkoff share the role. And I mean, these guys are visiting every prospect in every college, junior, European. I mean, he's on the road like crazy, Dan Cleary. And, you know, Ken Holland left that system behind where you draft these guys, you, you leave them in the, a developmental place, and then you watch and, and are very uh, hands-on and you visit them and you groom them all up. And then when they get to Grand Rapids, which is just down the street here, two hours away, you know, the, you, you dig in there for a period of time. And absolutely, Holland built this system here and he's taking the same system to Edmonton. They'll be doing this exactly the same thing at Edmonton not long from now. And to be honest, Bob, you know, when it comes to those guys, we talked about Kyle Yamamoto this morning. Uh, I'm all for it. More time down there, the better. All right. So just just in terms of Dylan Larkin, he didn't spend any time in the minors. Okay, they have 10 players on their team right now that spent two or more years in Grand Rapids. But Larkin was such a dynamic player that he did not. Uh, you know, Leon Dreisaitl, I, I felt, did not deserve to start the year in uh, 20. Uh, 15, 16 in the minors. I thought he'd earned a spot based on what I saw in preseason, and I saw every minute of every game. And lo and behold, he ended up going down for six games and didn't really light it up, but came back up and had a 50-plus point season, was ready to go. In a perfect world, Mark, 
I'd say yes, right? Like, we all know when you're a top two or three overall pick, it's a different conversation. Like, Primo did not go to the minors to start his career when Detroit took him third overall. They played him. So right. in a perfect world for your later on picks, your mid-first rounders and uh, and that sort of thing, and second round and third rounders, absolutely. But in a perfect world, a little bit of time percolating. What do you do if the situation isn't perfect? What do you do? Because in a perfect world, and I've, you didn't hear the opening of the show, but I, I said, hey, absolutely perfect case scenario. Yamamoto goes down, kills it for 30 to 35 games down a minor. Jay Woodcroft just said he's been our best forward all season. He just said that uh, we re replayed the clip from yesterday. But what happens if the situation isn't perfect? What happens if you're getting no offensive juice out of your bottom six forwards and your top two guys, McDavid and Dreisaitl, are sitting there going, are, are we just going to sit here and not do anything? Or are we going to, you know, how, how do, you, do you deviate at all away from that scenario? Well, I think there's a couple things here. The lesson from the past is when you bring up the player who isn't ready to play, he doesn't succeed. Like, let's knock away the Dylan Larkins and the Dreisaitls and the Taylor Halls because they're all top, top, top player. So, sure, those guys didn't need a bunch of time in the minors, but most guys aren't them. So, history tells us in Edmonton that when you take up players who are less than, you know, heart trophy candidates and you rush them, it does, they don't help your team win and it doesn't help their career. So, sure, you know, they're not getting any goals here and they need some help. That's why Tippett is coaching as fast as he can, you know, changing his lines and doing everything he's doing tonight. Right, he's coaching this team and what he's got. To me, if we do this for another month and it's not working, meanwhile, Kyler Yamamoto, who has only played what thirty-five games in the minors in his life, you know, he gets another fifteen games and he gets up to fifty. Fair I comment. Feel, Fair comment I by you, Spec. Completely defensible perspective. Right? Fifty yep. games in the minors isn't enough. But it's a hell of a lot better than 30. So, you know, I don't want to bring Kyler Yamamoto up all year. It's my last resort. But oh no, I, Mark, I'm going to well see. That's where we di that's where we differ. I got no problem if Yamamoto's down until Christmas. But I'm telling you right now, I've watched every minute this team has played this year, Mark, and they don't have enough juice in their bottom six. And so I do want to see him. Here's the thing: I don't have him as a top six guy. I have him as a middle six forward. I think he can kill penalties. And I think as the season goes on, Ken Holland has to improve the lineup for the Oilers to make the playoffs. And I think Yamamoto's better than some of the guys that are here right now. And so there's okay. going to come a point here in order to make the team better. It doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be in the next two weeks. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, does it re does, does it force the general manager if he gets nothing? If he gets nothing from Juju Arcara and nothing from Marcus Granlund and Alex Chason sitting on zeros, does it change the perspective for the general manager? Because for me, in a perfect world, at some point between game 35 and 50 in the AHL, at that stage, Yamamoto is up here and pushing hard for a spot. Okay, but where are we trying to do here? Are we trying to, trying to make the playoffs and sneak in this year, or are you trying to build an organization that makes them handily every year and, and has enough good players to challenge for the Stanley Cup? Right. It, it, to me, it's not. Let's put it this way. To me, it's got ab, like Kyler Yamamoto's situation has 
absolutely nothing to do with the NHL standings or the order statistics this year or who's scoring or who's I think they're completely mutually exclusive. You call Kyler Yamamoto up when it's good for that prospect, when he's ready to come up once and play the rest of his career here. You, to me, you never call him up just because you got a deficiency up here. It's got nothing to do with going on in Edmonton, man. It's all about... Mark, as, this, as this forward group... Mark, as this forward group stands right now, are they good enough to make the playoffs? Nah, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that, you know? I don't yeah. know the answer. I think, I think Tippett's going to... Or I think Holland's going to have to add for them to make it. Okay? Sure. okay. Because... 12, ga- 12 games in and zeros across the board. And now he's he's done something interesting here with one guy, and that's Gaetan Haas. He's given Haas an opportunity here tonight with Chase on and Neil. And if you saw him in the morning skate today, he was jumping. And, you know, he's he does have a little bit of skill and ability. Can shoot the puck a little bit. Is a right shot. Maybe he can do something for him. But, you know, I, and, and Mark, I think for the fans... And I think for the organization, I, I think it is important to make the playoffs. You got a chance to make it. I think you got to make it. So well, that's, that's like, but I'll tell you, right? It better not be at the. Put it this way: if you call Yamamoto up and he's not ready and he can't cut it, and you're sending him back down. You made a huge mistake, and it's a mistake. Whereas, okay, so that the Oilers so, have Mark, made about fifty times, Paul. You got to stop making that mistake. So call him up, but you better be damn sure. So thirty. To, let's say we're at the let's say we're at the thirty game mark in the AHL. If he's sitting there, so he's got four, two, and six in eight games, and he's by my count, he's been the best forward in five of the eight games so far this year. If if we're thirty games into the season, and for the sake of argument, he's got fourteen goals and twenty five points, and in those thirty games, he's been the best forward in twenty games. Do you recall? I don't know. Depending on, you know what? That's a good question. I got to watch him play, Bob. I'm not going to answer that. I don't know how he's playing. Yeah. Is what he's doing? So you haven't watched? You haven't watched? You haven't watched him play? No, I haven't watched him play. I'm not watching okay. Bob. I'm watching the NHL. So yeah. I just well, I, I mean, I watched 35 games down there, Bob. And, and that's that's good enough. That's fair. That's enough. It's not enough. That's fair. To me, what to me, he's a different player. We'll call it Tyler Benson. He's got a season. He'll have a season and a half under his belt in the AHL. I don't think he's. I don't think he's. Yeah, and that's you know what? There's that's a defensible position as well. But I think Yamamoto's completely outplayed Benson so far. So I'll be. I, I will say this, Mark Edmonton. If you take a look at how they're going to need to calibrate their cap situation moving forward. By this time next year, they need both those guys here because they're going to need some cheap entry-level guys and support roles. And that's the other yeah. thing that uh, has happened here. It's it's 250 in the East. Spec's going to stay on the line. Uh, you're listening to Winners Now. Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. Live racing uh, on Friday nights and Sundays out at Century Mile. This is Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Yes, indeed. 1251 in Edmonton. Just a reminder, there are still tickets available for the game against Arizona. That is on Monday night. Coyotes have a deep team. They can roll them over. Edmonton trying to become that type of team. 
Stoffer Inspector, it is Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta this Saturday at Century Mile. The top two and three year olds in the province battle over 350000 in purse money. It's called Alberta Super Finals Night post time, 7.15 at Century Mile. And a reminder, you can join New West Travel on the Oilers Now Winter Getaway to sunny Florida. This package includes great lower bowl game tickets against the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers. Five nights accommodation will have a welcome reception as well for the Oilers now winter getaway call new west travel at 780-432-7446 or go online at newwesttravel.com mark what did you think of that performance against florida on sunday uh, yeah not good but it's you know what you can't the team's eight and three i'm a big picture guy it was a lousy performance they didn't play very well they didn't have any juice nobody played well the goaltending fell apart it was awful but uh i'm not willing to dwell on it i think uh Eight were they eight three and one, Bob? They're eight record. three and one, Mark. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. There's not a lot of room for complaining. Uh, this to me is a test here. This is a test of what's going on in Edmonton. This Detroit team isn't very good, and a good team wins this game all day long. And the Oilers, if they are a good team, they better get two points out of this tonight. If they don't, now we'll, let's talk tomorrow. There will be a little bit more concern here. All right, uh, back just quickly to the game on Sunday, Mark. Do you know what scheduling losses are? Uh, yeah, sure. Scheduling okay, losses. so, well, and here's the thing. Not an excuse in any way, shape, or form for the players or anybody in the organization. The team got skunked at home by Florida, and it wasn't close. Like, the fact Edmonton escaped 0-0 out of the first was remarkable because the Panthers were all over Edmonton. Uh, how many Saturday and Sunday afternoon games have the Vancouver Canucks had? Oh, I don't even know. How many? At home. At home. Not a lot. Which team has been on the cutting edge of this sort of stuff with sleep deprivation and seasonal... What's it called? Is it, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Is it called seasonal defective disorder? Uh uh, Mark, I, like you're looking for, air, do we not agree that it's incumbent upon teams to look every uh, every competitive possible advantage you can, sure to win. So sure. if you got, you, I I have no problem with the orders. Like here's the deal, Rogers pays big money for rights. They've got a Sunday night package. That game starts at five. To my knowledge, I believe that limits the start times for Canadian teams on Sundays if you're not in that game. Okay. If it were me against a team against the East, I might be inclined to play later in the day. Because I think if the earlier you play, the more it favors the team from the East. Because they yeah, play more matinee games. If they play more matinee games, and on their clock, it's a 4 o'clock game, which is closer to a night game than 2 in Edmonton. I get all that, sure. Uh, so do you buy, I like... How, is, I don't know if Florida plays a ton of day games in their own rink, but certainly if you're playing... When you get into Boston and Washington and New York and New Jersey, they play lots of day hockey out there, yeah. So, okay. And and so, okay, then this makes for crappy radio because we're not viscerally well, arguing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. You look at the schedule, you know, six months ahead, you got a day game that day. Figure it out. Like, the Oilers organization, since the days when they had Wayne Gretzky, haven't been any good in day games. So, so either there's two things here. A, it's it's a physiological thing. Even though they have great players, sometimes they never win. 
Gretzky's teams in the 80s, their record was awful in day games. Or B, they're not working hard enough to figure it out. But this is a 40-year problem, Bob. This isn't a yesterday or a sleep deprivation or whatever it is. This is a 40-year thing in Edmonton. I actually, Mark, do think it's evolved a bit. I, I think we didn't even think about stuff like this 20 to 25 years ago. And, and but now now people do like you know i i would bet you that if you talk to people from a clinical perspective they would tell you that depression increases in climates like northern alberta in the fall when there's less <laughs> sunlight okay. I, I, it's it's no it's no joking so like i think it's a real thing that? i'm just saying mark that you know, the teams in Edmonton historically haven't played a lot of afternoon games at home. And I, I'd have no problem playing a team from the Pacific in, in the afternoon. But I think there's a big advantage body clockwise for Team Out East coming in here for and playing a 2 o'clock game versus, say, the LA Kings and the Vancouver Canucks playing a 2 o'clock game. I, I, you know what I mean? Okay. I'm not buying uh, what you're pitching, but <laughs> you're not. You're not. Uh, I, and I'm not saying that's why they lost. They lost because they got housed in their own barn by Florida. I mean, Florida didn't even play Barkoff at center in that game. Yeah, no, they got beat up pretty good. But all right. Let's so which happens here? Which which lines? Which lines going to have more success tonight for Edmonton? Haas with Chase on a Neal or Nugent Hopkins with Karen Gagne? Oh my goodness! There's a whole bunch of guys here. Uh, you know, Gagne's only played two games, so I don't. He doesn't fit in this. But there's a lot of guys who've had a lot of opportunity and done nothing with it. You know, um, certainly Kara is. Kara's. I'm not so sure that they're not showcasing Kara, Bob. You know, I'm not so sure that a couple games from Kara and they might move him because I think that this organization's watched Kara for a long time, look like a real player, like you and I look at him. I, every time I see him play, I think, man, that's a good-looking hockey player, and nothing ever happens. So when does it happen with Jujar Kara? Let's hope starting tonight. Uh, Nugent Hopkins got one goal this year, Bob. He's only got 22 shots on net, and he gets pretty good ice time. So I would say Nugent Hopkins needs to pick his game up a little bit here, too. And Chase on three of the last four games, Chase on hasn't had a shot on net. So forget trying to get a goal scoring, you know, a goalless streak snap for Alex Chase on. Got to get a shot on net here, right? What do the good scorers say, Bob? Well, I'm getting my chances, so they're eventually going to come. Chase on's not getting any chances. He's a million miles away from being the 22 goal scorer he was here. So there's some issues there for sure, Bob. Mark, the term is seasonal affective disorder, and this text comes in just for you, since you're everybody's favorite green out of Stetler. There's definitely depression in the fall now because we all know we have to pay the garbage carbon tax just by living here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. Hey, buddy, we'll see, no... you down, we'll see you down. And a reminder, it's your night to buy Thursday in Pittsburgh. There's no darker, colder country in the world than Finland, and they're killing everybody in hockey right now, Bob. So put that in your seasonal pipe and smoke it. <laughs> All right. See you later. We'll go sing right, Kumbaya Bob. together on Thursday night. Yeah. Right. That is Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing, Albert. It's 1259. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, one of the good guys in the business, Detroit TV play-by-play voice, Ken Daniels, coming up. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.